Amen. I can sing. Praise the Lord. He puts a new song in our heart when we come to be his children. And what a a joy that is. And as we come today, I want us to finish out our July sermon series. It'd be a good time today being July 31st because next month wouldn't be July anymore. So we're going to finish out this sermon series of claiming your victory. And I want us today to look at the attentiveness. We've looked at the attire and the attack and all of those others. This is the fourth part. But I want us to look at the attentiveness. And when I look that up, because I want us to understand what is this attentiveness that we're looking at, you might find one definition that says the action of playing close attention to something. That's part of what attentiveness is. And if if you remember this whole claiming your victory, because we're in a battle, remember we started off talking about the war that each of us walk in, that as believers in Jesus Christ, when God comes and changes us, the enemy begins to attack us. And the enemy is after us. All we've got to do is just look around. And we see that and we know that as believers that when we accept him, we're on the winning team. Amen. The Bible tells us at the end that it's been won. When Jesus come out of that grave, he defeated death and he released those who choose him of being incapturated. It's not a word there. It's one of my words, but being in bondage to who Satan is. You see, Satan blinds the mind. He don't want people to be free, but we're free in Jesus Christ. And then the attentive, we're in this battle and we've been using the analogy of a, a football game or in sports and we've had the offensive team and the defensive team. We've talked about that. But can you imagine today if the defensive team was not paying any attention to the offensive team? They probably wouldn't be very good at being defense. Would you agree with that? So in this battle that we're in, as believers, we can claim this victory, but we have to be attentive. We have to be paying close attention to what's going on around us. But there's also another part of that definition, definition, and it says, the action of assiduously attending to the comfort and wishes of others, paying great care And being in perseverance for others. You see, this battle we're in isn't just about us. It's about the church of Jesus Christ. And we have the responsibility of paying attention to those around us. And we're going to look at what Paul says about that in just a moment. This morning, if you'll take your Bibles and open them back up to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 13. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 13 and as you're turning there remember Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus to encourage them to build them up talking about the unity in the church they had problems even then believe it or not they had problems all the way back then of Satan attacking how long has Satan been on the attack do you know ever since the beginning of creation When God created man and woman, Satan began to get ready to attack. 
because he wanted people in his kingdom. He thought he was God. He could be better than God. He got kicked out of heaven and there's a place. It's a place that we call hell. Not many people want to talk about hell these days, but I have to say that there is a place called hell because it's real. But let me tell you, many don't realize that hell was not created for the humans originally. God created hell, the eternal abyss, as a place for Satan and his demons that were kicked out of heaven. But Satan's been out ever since then trying to bring people with him and men and women all around us every day are dying and going to hell. There are also men and women all around us dying every day, going to heaven because they claimed that victory. They reached out and they accepted what Jesus did on the cross through faith and it changed their life and they won the victory. But what I want us to do, not only just claiming the victory of heaven, we all know that we're going there as believers in Christ. But church, we can have the victory here and now living in heaven here on earth while we're still alive. And Paul helps us do that. Would you please stand as we read from God's word? Uh, If you have your copy of God's word open, follow along there. If not, we have it up on the screens. Ephesians 6, beginning in verse 13. It says, Therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shotted your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints." And pray on my behalf that utterances may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known the boldness of the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Father God, we just come before you right now. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to hear from Holy Spirit. And Father, Lord, I just pray this, Lord, that you would help me right now through the power of Holy Spirit, Lord, to speak boldly and to proclaim your message. And Father, may you open all of our ears that we may hear from you and that, Father, we may be able to live in the victory of Jesus Christ right now. Father God, I just pray everything in the precious and the most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated. It's all about being in Christ. Paul, in this passage, is writing to the church at Ephesus, to the believers at Ephesus. He wanted them to have that victory. And the victory comes through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we live in victory through the power 
of the Holy Spirit, through the power of God that resides in us through Holy Spirit. So today I want us to kind of pick up where we left off last week. We were talking about prayer and the attention of that. But let me tell you, church, if we're going to claim victory, if we're going to live in victory, we've got to have power to fight this devil. Satan is alive and he is active. And the only way that we're going to be able to do that is through prayer with God. We can't see the devil. We can see the results of what he does. We can see how he attacks people. We've all felt the attack of the devil. But for us, we're in a battle. Paul has given us the armor to put on. We said all of that was Jesus Christ as we went through that helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness, that belt of truth and shotting our feet with the gospel, picking up that shield and working along with fellow believers, taking that sword of the spirit, the word of God, and then prayer. There is no power, church, without prayer. You can fight all you want. You can try all you want. You might make one step forward, but I guarantee you're going to take two steps back if you're not in prayer with God. If you're not in connection with the one who gives the orders, if we're not in connection with the one who's won the battle, all we're doing is fighting a losing war. But what is this prayer I want us to look at? Because if prayer is so important, and that is the power to our victory. If we're going to claim the victory, we've got to have the power. We've got to be filled up. If you notice there in that passage at verse 18 where he said, verse 18, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times. All praying, that's the first point in your outline there so that you make sure you have these notes you can hand them off to somebody who needs them because I know none of you do. But all praying. What is all praying? There are several types and we generally touched on this a little bit a couple of weeks ago. But there's general prayer. We're familiar with that. Just a, a prayer of general just out there. God, would you bless those around me? You know, that's a good prayer to a point because it's very general Yes, we want everybody to be around, but how can we tell if that prayer's been answered if it's so general? But there's also specific prayer. And we looked at that, and this morning we did that. We prayed for Jean and Linda. We prayed for my mom and dad. We prayed for Brandon and Terry. And that there's specific prayer where we go to God specifically in a type of intercessory prayer. That's where we're praying for other people. See, we got to do all praying. we got to cover all aspects. we got to pray for others. But then there's petitions. That's where we come to the Lord for us. And we ask specific things from God for us. In our prayer, we do praise. We've got to praise God for who he is. Amen. You see, we serve a God who sits on a throne. We serve a God who created the universe. We serve a God that saved us from hell. We serve a God who has redeemed us and made us holy. He's due worthy. He's due praise. But also honor and glory. The song that we sing out of our hymnals talks about holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. We read in scripture about the angels and the seraphim surrounding the throne singing holy, holy, holy. 
And then we have thanksgiving. I love thanksgiving. Giving God thanks for what he's done. Can I have a show of hands? Has God ever done anything in your life? Amen. You thankful for that? We need to thank him for that. God likes to be thanked just like we like to be thanked. So there's all types of prayer and we need to include that. But what I want us to look at is just a couple of things under this all praying in because we know that there is a time of prayer. Under all prayer, a time of prayer, he says, pray at all times. We talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago, but we're not talking about this 24-7 physical time of prayer. If we were to just stop and go into prayer and kneel and stay there, we wouldn't be able to go about life. We wouldn't be able to go about what God has called us to do, but we must be in an attitude of prayer to God at all times. This attitude of prayer to where, uh, as I read one person said one time, we don't have to come back and say, hey, it's me again, God. Why? Because we've stayed in an attitude of prayer. We've never left his presence. Isn't that powerful? If our life was so in tune, if we stay in this all attitude of prayer, because you see that keeps us, it's also not that repetitious prayer. We've seen, we've seen that. I'll be honest with you, we've probably all done it. The same prayer over and over. Now there is a time for that. But our prayer is not a repetitious prayer so we can wear God down, kind of like our children do us. And you finally say, okay, if you'll just shut up, I'll give you what you want. Any of you ever been there? It's not that kind of prayer. Some of us, Josh, has probably done that very thing. We'll talk to mom after the service and see. But you see, it's this going to God in an attitude of prayer. There's a gentleman named Robert Law. Listen to how he phrased it. Prayer is not getting man's will done in heaven. It's getting God's will done on earth. See, prayer isn't about God do what I want you to do. But God, what are you wanting to do? And what are you wanting to do through me? That's this attitude of prayer. The second thing I want us to look at, but what about your temperature of prayer? What do I mean by your temperature of prayer? It says that we're to Pray in the Spirit. Let me read to you out of Romans chapter 8. It says, In the same way the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Verse 27, And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The power is in the prayer. And it's in our temperature. It's in our, our fervency. It says the Spirit helps our weakness. Why are we to pray in the Spirit? Now, I didn't say slain in the Spirit. But praying in the Spirit is where the power of this prayer is. Because the Spirit knows what we need to be praying do you know the Spirit speaks to our mind and when we're in God's Word and we're in a constant attitude of prayer and the Spirit is speaking, the Spirit is going to guide your heart into praying what God wants done. 
And let me tell you, church, when we pray what God wants done, when we're praying in Christ and in his will, he will give us the power to accomplish what he's asking us to do. What is this battle? Many of us face battles in different ways. Some of us face battles of struggles. Some of us have a sin that just seemed to won't go away. Satan attacks, but we have the battle. We've been forgiven of those sins. We've been freed of those sins, but in the flesh, we still run back to them. But when we're in an attitude and communication with the Spirit, he's speaking to us. We're praying to him, and where we're weak, he fills in the gap. It says we don't know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. Can you imagine when we're so beat down that we don't have the power to pray? We've got one praying on our behalf. Amen? That's the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. He's right there at the right hand of God and he's interceding for us. The power is in the prayer. What is our temperature? Are we praying in the Spirit? But it also says that we need to be on the alert. Be on the alert with all perseverance. What does that mean? Who's someone in the Bible that comes to mind when you think of alert and perseverance but Nehemiah? You remember he got in word about the wall and the town was in destruction. And the Lord began working on his heart. And that he went. And that wall was rebuilt in a record amount of time. But not only that, while he was building the wall, they were under constant attack. All the time, the enemy was attacking, trying to keep them to do it. But Jeremiah had the group building. They were aware of their surroundings. They were being attentive. You see, they were alert. They were building the wall and holding the sword at the same time. They were on the alert. They were looking. They were ready. Why is it important to be on the alert with all perseverance? I want to share with you a couple of verses that show that we have victory. How about victory over the world? In Mark 13, 33, it says, Take heed, keep on the alert, for you do not know when the appointed time will come. Satan's going to come and attack. We don't know when it's ready, but he does. But we also know that there's an appointed time that Jesus Christ is returning, and if we're not ready, church, it's too late. Do you have a friend Do you have a family member that's not ready to meet the Lord? We need to be ready. But victory over the flesh, Mark 14, 39. And again, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And victory over the devil from Ephesians 6, 18. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. This prayer is our power. You see, it's all prayer. We need to be constantly communicating with God. God is our power. He is the one that's filling us. You know, God never leaves. But there's times that we choose to step away. But if we're in this constant all-praying attitude, we'll be right there with him. Second thing I want you to see there on your outline is the assiduous praying. 
Remember I said a while ago that that was the action of great care and perseverance attending to the comfort or wishes of others. You see, we pray for ourselves. If I was to poll this group, I think all of us are very good at praying for ourselves. Lord, I need this. Lord, show up and do this. God, I'm going to rub the genie bottle, pop out and do this for me. But if we're going to be victorious in this battle, we've got to be praying for our fellow brothers and sisters. Because let me tell you, just as much as you have a struggle, just as much as you have a problem, your neighbor, your fellow brother and sister in Christ has struggles too. You see, in a battle, there's no single soldiers If you turned on the TV back when Desert Storm, for those of you who were alive then, remember that battle and why news people thought it was a great idea to go over there and video and be in the middle of the battle, I'll never understood. But they decided that they had the freedom of the news to do that and they went over there and we saw a battle. But you know, when the Americans were there, it wasn't one American soldier. It wasn't one Afghanistani soldier. There are groups of them that come together. The battle has more than one person in it. And we've got to be lifting each other up. We've got to be lifting up to God for protection, for power, and for providence. What do I mean by for protection? Well, Satan likes to attack those who are on fire for God. Let me tell you one thing. This is a side note. This is a freebie. If you're not being attacked by Satan, it probably means one of two things. Either you're not a born-again believer or you're not on fire for God if you are. If you're on fire for God, Satan's going to be attacking you. We must be lifting up our fellow brothers and sisters for this protection. Paul uses that word there, look in the verse, utterances, which means a communication whereby the mind finds expression or words. We need to be praying for the protection of others' minds. Remember, we put on the helmet of salvation. Protects our mind. Our mind is changed. But we need to be praying for the others that the utterances, the thoughts that are in their head, will be able to become words that then come out. It's what Paul's saying. Pray on my behalf that the utterances may be given to me as I'm out proclaiming God's message that what's in my head will come out. What's in my heart will come out. He needs protection. Ephesians 6, 19, there's where he's saying it. And pray on my behalf that utterances may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known the boldness, the mystery of the gospel. We've got to be praying for the protection of others, but also the power. You know, we want the power, amen? It's okay to agree. We want the power of Holy Spirit in our life. How much if we pray for someone else? Let's pray that the Lord would fill others with power. And guess what? If we're doing that and all those in this battle together, all of our brothers and sisters are praying for each other for power. That means not only are you praying for yourself for power, everybody else in this room is praying for you for power. My, how it begins to multiply and the power of the request. He wanted to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. The mystery, what is this mystery of the gospel? You see, at one time, it wasn't for everyone. 
And now it's becoming available for everyone. He wanted boldness. He wanted power. He wanted to be able to fearlessly proclaim it. How many of us want to live a protected life? How many of us want to have power in life? We want to be able to be bold. You know, it takes boldness to share the gospel. It takes boldness to stand up there and share. We've been talking about that some on Wednesday nights. If you ask most people around who are born-again believers why they don't share the gospel, it's because their fear of rejection. The fear of, I don't know what to say. You know, when I look back at my life, I see the, maybe the humor or the divine power of God in me. You see, when I was little, I was a shy boy. Probably none of you would be able to tell that today. But God has given me the power to do what he's asked me to do. And I pray to him all throughout the week, and I pray to him just before coming up, give me the power that I can speak boldly. Because it, it would be easy to get up here and preach and never talk about sin, never talk about hell, and never say that anyone's doing everything right and that everything's going to be great. But to get up with boldness and preach God's whole, infallible word, takes boldness because the world's against it we saw several years ago where they were taking preachers and critiquing their sermons and wanting to say you can't say this or say that well it's boldness paul needed boldness because he was arrested many times for doing it i pray the lord i'm never arrested but i tell you what i'll be arrested before i'll compromise on the authority of god's word y'all can all come down to desoto jail and visit me because i'm going to preach his word but it takes boldness. And that's where the victory comes from. We're going against an opponent we can't see. How many of y'all would like for me to put you all in a room and say we're going to have a war? Everybody's against everybody and I'm going to blindfold you and you go after each other. Well, none of you would want to do that. But when we have boldness, we can stand firm. What about the providence? The protective care of God as a spiritual power. We need to be praying providence over others. Paul wanted prayer for him for that. What is this protective care? It's also a timely preparation for future eventualities. There's coming a time that we're going to need to be protected by God in the spiritual realm if we're declaring the mystery of the gospel. See, the gospel. What is the gospel? The death the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the gospel. There's no other way to God than through Jesus Christ and the gospel. And it was a mystery. For years until Christ came, it was a mystery. They had just heard about it. But you know, it was always for the Jews. And when Jesus came and then he commissioned other disciples to go out, they were to go out and take the message to the Gentiles. It was a mystery to them. This is also a mystery. This is Josh was sharing with me. He had the great opportunity to get going down to Toledo Bend Ministries and going out and doing a service at one of those campsites and talking about the mystery of how Satan blinds the minds of the unbelievers. You see, it's a mystery to people who don't understand it. But when Holy Spirit opens your eyes, when you have the providence that's there, and thirdly, I want us to look at ambassador praying. It's the third on your list. We see there Ephesians talks about that. But what is an ambassador? 
We hear of an, an ambassador of the United Nations. Well, an ambassador is one that is sent. It's a spokesman, an official messenger and representative. An ambassador of the United States to Turkey would be one who was sent. They would be speaking for the United States, but they are also an official capacity that was sent. They were official messenger to go and to speak on our behalf and to represent us. We have ambassadors that go United Nations that represents that. What is an ambassador of Christ? Well, Paul was an ambassador of Christ. Paul was sent by Christ. Would you all agree with that? We see that in scripture. Not only was Paul sent, Paul was a spokesman for Christ. We see that all over. If you don't agree or if you don't understand that Paul was a spokesman in Christ, he wrote most of our New Testament books. I would say he was a spokesman of Christ. And Paul was also an official messenger and representative of Christ. He represented Christ to others. He stood in behalf and Christ sent him to share the message of who Christ was and what Christ does for the world. Ephesians 6.20, he says, For which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul was an ambassador. He was arrested and chained for being that spokesman. He needed power. He needed protection. But he had the victory. He kept going. But guess what? Paul is not the only ambassador of Christ. Believers in Christ are also ambassadors of Christ. You know, I started typing this and I put the word Christians are ambassador for Christ. Sitting in this context, we would understand that. But do you know the world has a different definition of Christian? Not everyone who claims to be a Christian is a Christian. But I would say that the statement of believers in Christ covers it all. For those who are believers in Christ, we're ambassadors. We are sent out by Christ. He didn't save us to just sit in the church. He sent us out, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. You know, he gave all power has been given. He gives us power. He sends them out to go proclaim the message in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the remotest parts of the earth. We're to go out and be spokesmen. He didn't just send us out. We're to go out and we're to speak about Christ. He saved us. Christ formed us. He gave us life so that we could bring glory to him. And we are official messengers. Listen to this verse. 2 Corinthians 5, beginning in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them as he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the reconciliation of God in Christ. There at verse 18, if you can jump back to 18 for me. 
It says, now all things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. There's our being sent. Our ministry is to go out and to proclaim his messages, message of reconciliation. What is that? Go to the next verse. I want us to look at this, verse 19. It says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. God chose his son to be the only way to reconcile us to himself. And because of that, if we go to him, look at that, I love this, not counting the trespasses against them. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. How many of you have a trespass? How many of you have a sin in your life? How many of you ever had a sin in your life? Because God's reconciled us, he's not counting that against us. Amen? What a glorious thing that that is. And he said he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. He gave it to me. I don't want to keep that to myself. But the victory today comes through these things. It comes through this attentiveness. We've got to be aware of what's going on around us. We're not an ostrich with our head down in the hole. We're not the little gopher that only pops up every now and then. If we're going to have victory, we've got to be aware. Remember we talked two weeks ago about learning what our triggers were. I hope y'all been trying that. We've got to learn, we've got to be aware what triggers us to fall into sin and then to stop and realize when that time comes and then say that word trigger to be brought back. You see, we've got to be attentive. But the only way we're attentive to the battle is if we're attentive to the one who won the battle. And that's God. God will speak to us. God will tell us, and when we're attentive, through prayer. You see, that's why the power is in prayer. Because that's our communication with the one who won it. It's our communication with the one that sits higher than we do. And he can see the entire battle. But not only that, God is the one who sees yesterday, today, and tomorrow as if it's right now. He already sees the end. He knows what's coming. Prayer and communication will bring us power for the victory. So church, we can claim the victory today if we do what God's word says through Paul's message. It will help us in that. Amen. I just want to encourage you. I think I've put in the newsletter. If you've missed any of these, you can go to Facebook or YouTube and find them. Maybe you want to go back and watch them. Maybe you want to share them with someone. We're working on our website. They've popped off of there for some reason. So we're going to go back and put them on that. But church, I want us to live victorious. I want us to have the power. You know, Satan thinks he's so great and mighty. He ain't nothing but a grasshopper squished under our feet. When we claim the victory and stand in Christ. Amen. Would you stand with me? Bow your heads for just a moment. See, claiming the victory is not easy. It's easy that all we got to do is pray to God, but we're human. And we struggle and we battle with that. And Satan is attacking us all the time. Satan knows where we're weak. Satan knows what your weakness is. And he loves to attack in those weaknesses. 
We have sin. At one time, we were in bondage to Satan. But because Christ came, then we come to a time that we realize that we need his forgiveness. Jesus' sweet, holy forgiveness. We claim and come to him in faith of his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and God's promise that if we will receive him through faith, that we will be reconciled to God. He won't count it against us. He'll wash us clean as snow, white as snow. Takes our heart, that hard, rock, black, hard heart. And when we come to him, he takes all those scales off and makes it soft, makes it pliable and tunes us into him church where are you at today are you tuned into him in just a moment we're going to open these altars up but I want to ask you a couple of questions this morning as every head's bowed and eyes are closed this victory that I've been talking about it's only available for the believer in Christ do you know Christ as your Lord and Savior Holy Spirit reached you and spoke to you? If not, then you don't have the victory. The first step in victory is receiving him. But maybe you are a victorious believer in Christ, but the world has just wore you down. Maybe today you just want to pray to the Father and just say, Father, I want to come back to you. I want to renew my commitment to you. Would you restore the joy of my salvation? You can do that this morning. The Father would love that. If you just want prayer, come in and let me pray with you. This next few moments, I tell you all this often, is not about me. It's about our response to God. What is he doing in your life? Is he speaking to you? The altars are open.